Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. I think I'm the best communicator on the damn planet. I think I'm articulate. I think <laughs> if anybody buys that shit, you fucking buy shit crazy. So, uh... You know, communication for, for, for me, it's really a thought process around uh, knowing when to speak, when to shut up, what to say, and when to say it. But uh, I can tell you, most of my life, I wasn't really good at shutting up in the right places. <laughs> Shocking! Uh, I bet you were. I never talked, so there, you know, there was that. Yeah, right. Was, I was a quiet kid. That's what happens <laughs> when you grow up. Go figure. The, yeah, that's that's what happens when you grow up in the world where kids shall be seen and not heard. <laughs> yeah that followed you into your adulthood um yep, so, pretty much uh you know i think inside of success champions as a whole we've got a pretty cool culture i think we have a lot of fun um and i know culture is more than just having fun but i think we have a lot of fun i think we we you know do a lot of cool things and i think you know especially when we do big events and, and the likes the overall vibe of everything we do is is pretty rad um, yeah, I can remember, you know, looking back at all the companies I've worked for over my, my career, I can identify the ones that had a really great culture and that I loved working for and the ones that were just horrible. And at the time I didn't realize they were horrible. I just kind of assumed that's how corporate world was. Uh, and that was just the standard and, you know, that the communication thing is a big key but then there's all so many other things that go into it, you know, how you value your employees and how you bring them in to allow them to be heard and, and to contribute. Uh, and you know, that, that culture is goes so far to make a company successful. Did you see the same thing? And I agree with that. Do you see the same thing where the bigger the company, the worse the culture? Yeah, I, I, I do think so. And even, um, Interesting when, you know, because when I was at Frontier, the culture was completely horrible. And I think part of their issue was they were combining four different companies at the time. So they didn't know what their culture mm. was. Uh, and everyone was kind of having the culture that they brought from their old company, and, and but nothing was meshing. So I'm sure that didn't make it 
easy. Uh, but and and the four companies all had drastically different cultures. <laughs> they were <laughs> not tough. similar at all. That's uh, but but then at Nextel, you know, they were because they were still kind of a startup, even though they were in every major metropolitan city and they were huge. It, it was interesting when I looked at that company, their culture varied even from team to team. So like the sales team I was on had a drastically different culture uh, than the, the other sales team across the, across the city. Uh, and which so is also different from the sales team because we had three teams of 12 people in Minneapolis. Uh, so the third team down at its corporate headquarters, that was a completely different culture as well. Um, so I think that manager position has a huge role to play in driving the culture and how, you know, whether the corporate culture is going to permeate to your team or if you're going to have this completely different thing that doesn't mesh with the organization as a whole. Yeah, I, I hear you. I was just going through the different companies I worked for from a mom and pop HVAC company, you know, to then Cardinal Health. You know, there was a drastic change. I can tell you in Cardinal Health, man, the culture was the game of houses. You played chess and jockeyed for the next role, the next tier. I mean, uh, it was insane how much the the trying to get promoted and screw somebody else out of their role was alive in that, in that company. And then uh, from there to go work for a 200 person commercial printing company that was bigger than a mom and pop, but it was run and felt like a mom and pop. It was very, very, very blue collar style thing. So it felt more like a, a like one big potluck dinner, if you will. Uh, you know, and then your favorite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just a lot of people can't cook at potlucks. So they're the ones that are asked the same. To, the people that can't cook are usually asked to bring drinks or plates. Right, right. Plates, napkins, <laughs> you know, yep. that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, can you bring the drinks? <laughs> Mountain Dew, so, Pepsi. No. Um, and I, I think it's gonna be interesting to see what happens to us as we grow, you know, with the culture. We've done really good at having uh the right vibe. I think champions codes help us out a lot. I think having our big vision uh, is helping a lot. But as we bring on more and more people, I think it's gonna be uh interesting how we hold on to the range of the culture and go. So that's why I was fascinated to sit down and talk with uh, Kim. Uh she had such a, a cool perspective on, you know, different ways communication affects culture and uh, even dove into you and me a little bit and had a little fun, you know, walking us through our, our speaking styles. And, you know, um, she didn't do it in this one, but I just like the fact that everybody's saying you're the mean one now. Um, that's just <laughs> fun for me. So, but it's I, so not true. Oh, but it is. It is. So, uh, so Elizabeth said it best the other day, or maybe it was last night she said it best to me. She goes, high D's know they're assholes. High C's don't. That's the difference is high D's know they're being a dick, right? High C's don't know they're being a dick because they're just that communication style's not there. They could say the same damn things and D's like, yeah, I'm being an asshole. The C's like, that's just a matter of fact. That's it's just what it is, right? And and that's the difference between it all. The, is is Elizabeth like our couples therapist? She was saying this in general general statement but <laughs> too fucking funny on that note i'm kicking it over guys enjoy kim laughlin
All right, totally stoked for this conversation. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter if we do an Ask Me Anything, we do trainings uh, throughout the week. Um, anywhere Kevin and I show up, this badass, she shows up with us and hangs out, and she brings some of the most killer questions, commentary. So I'm stoked to hang out with Miss Kim Laughlin as we dive into the world of communication, which is something I actually suck at. Kevin's worse at it than I am. You know, uh, I mean, but that's because Kevin doesn't have a personality. So <laughs> we might as well just start see, off on the right foot. See what I have to put up with on a daily <laughs> I basis. Do. I do. I do. <laughs> One of the biggest we'll feedbacks Kim, that. That, that we get is, God, Donnie picks on Kevin a lot. So I, I think is is funny. So yeah. Kevin's actually got the first question for you, Kim, that okay. uh, he wanted to throw at you. And I thought it was a really good question from his perspective. Okay. So my question is, how do you give a lot of detailed information to a coworker, an employee, a client, uh, without being condescending uh, mm -hmm. when you're not actually trying to be condescending? So a little bit of context with that is, is it someone that you know? Is it someone that you don't know? <laughs> it's Kevin. <laughs> I, I thought too that's in who we were talking to, not who we were asking about. Yes, yes. You know, this is a I'm asking for a friend question. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. Yes. Asking for, asking a for a friend. <laughs> All right. So the, the the first thing I tell people is is tell people ahead of time what you're going to do. So if I'm talking to someone new, if I'm talking to a leader and they have someone that they're like, this person keeps giving me, asks me so many questions, they need so much data, they need all that information. So for you, Kevin, I would say, you know what, um, Kim, I'm, I'm going to ask you a lot of questions. I hope that's okay. Set the stage so that they don't have to learn it as they go. Not a lot of people want to learn as they go. We're in an immediate feedback world right now. So let them know that you're going to need a lot. And even if they don't like it, they don't have to be surprised by it. And there won't be so, frustration. So what if, it's, what if it's not the questions he's asking? He literally has to like give them step by step how to do something. Mm -hmm. And... From my perspective, he gets frustrated when they think he's coming across as an ass and he's just delivering information. Again, tell them. So, for instance, I, I need a little bit of an example because the theoretical part, I can kind of go like 18 different ways. So, so imagine we're launching a chapter. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of moving parts in launching a chapter, or maybe it's yeah. like a territory leader that is is launching a bunch. Of, there's a lot of mechanics and moving parts. That's right. And so there's a lot of things he has to explain to them. That's right. uh, and when they don't get it off the first bat, that's when the Kevin that I know and love, you know, comes out. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So for someone like me, I'm a skimmer. I'm someone that doesn't look at everything. I'm going to go to Kevin if I have a technical issue when it's probably user error. Right. So I, I know right away I set it up because that's probably user error. It's not being self-deprecating, but it's just one of those things that I like to kind of put out there because that's what I know about myself. Success Champion Networking has been by far the coolest project we've ever built. You know, bringing together like-minded, badass CEOs and business owners that are rapidly growing and scaling your business. When you do networking the right way, you can't help but, you know, open doors for others, help others build their businesses, and they help you build yours. You know, it's time that networking got an upgrade. And with Success Champions Networking, we've literally changed and solved the problem of 
what most people hate about networking, you know, no multi-level marketing, you know, no scams, you know, you've got to be a legit badass to be a part of these groups. So if you're looking to up your game, grow your business, scale and go bigger, come hang out at successchampionnetworking.com. So Kevin, for you, I would say, okay, Kim, I'm going to go through a lot of stuff. I might be a little redundant, or I might tell you a lot of stuff you may already know, but give me the moment to go through one through 75 Make sure that we understand everything. I want to shoot myself already. <laughs> <laughs> Ask questions and let them know. Ask questions as we go, because a lot of this stuff might be deep. It might not be. And if I'm going too fast, give them the permission to be, to A, set up their patience. Number two, be pay attention. Like for someone like me, I would need to say, okay, Kevin's okay. But I get to know you, Kevin, so I'm going to know that ahead of time. But because if we just met, that's even more important. But don't take that away even when we do talk throughout the year. Like, remember, you know this about me. I'm going to be going through some steps. I need you to pay attention because this stuff is really, really important. And I'm going to give it to you in email. So if you do have any questions, make sure you read through that first. And then give me a call if you still have questions. Walk them through the whole thing. First off, Chad, we need to isolate that little snippet of Dottie saying that he loves me just so we have that for <laughs> all perpetuity. Uh, and, and one thing I've learned, because this is something I've been working on because I've been getting a lot of the uh, the technical questions and I'm your I'm your stereotypical IT support person. Mm-hmm. My, my computer's not working. Have you plugged it in? Uh, I promise you, I have learned that if anything's broken and I go to Kevin, I better have all mm-hmm. my ducks in a row and say this is specifically what's broken. Right. Well, and, and, it, and it becomes because we understand there's so many different things that can break and you get some sense. My, the website website uh, isn't loading. Which website? We have five. <laughs> I, I, I need right. to know where to start. And it's just like, you know, people thinking that. Uh, but did you hear my how he said that, that we have five? That's what he's yep. talking about. <laughs> well, and it, it's, it's, you know, it's like people think I can read their minds and that's where the frustration is because I have not developed that skill yet. I'm trying, you know, hopefully the radiation works at some point. Right. But, well, you have to understand. You know, so Kevin, I got to tell you, so it goes both ways. So you can be frustrated. You can be that person that's frustrated, but I always say, take a moment and, and I call it sit, stop, inhale and think. And what that gives you an opportunity to do is respond and not react. So you know yourself to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back to this person and be like, oh, Kim again, <laughs> you know, I, and I'm saying that because it's going to happen again. And it's okay because it happened with me three times. So you, you, you can say, Kim, we've talked about this. However, it's still your responsibility as the other side of that communication yep. to give them a space to say, okay, it might be a little bit more helpful if you just tell me which, which website. Yeah, and I and I, what I've started doing now when I reply instead of just jumping right into the uh, the playing twenty questions with them is just literally acknowledging oh, I'm sorry to hear that you're having issues. I know how frustrating that can be, uh, and then hey, I, I need to ask mm-hmm. you some questions so I can make sure we can get this fixed for you and, and kind of That's setting right. them up a little bit more and acknowledging that they have feelings. Um, don't know why, which uh, Kevin doesn't. I have. Because I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because you want to get to the result. So your why in there I'm a fixer. Yes. Is to, that's right. But you're fixing it and you want to get right to the problem. I do this to my own kids. What do you, mom, do you have, just tell, what do you need? I'll fit it in. And that's not fair to them. I have to give them the opportunity to be thoughtful of my time. Right. But I'm frustrated because I have stuff to do and that's not fair. So I have, it goes both ways. 
No, I love that. Well, it, it takes me into kind of the next one because I think that swings yeah. right into it for me is so we're constantly innovating on a regular basis, right? We're, we New projects, new things going. We're always launching something new, mm -hmm. right? So if we're trying to maintain a culture when there's a lot of growth happening, yeah. um, there's a lot of innovation happening, mm -hmm. how do you maintain that culture overall? when everything is moving so damn fast. So I, I'm going to assume you're doing this or not. It, it's fine. So when I was in HR and I'm working with my clients and that happens, because you always have assume we're not. ideas. Okay. So I have these clients that there, they have that person that's like, Oh, I have a great idea. And they'll say, okay, write it down. Let's put some time together for just innovative ideas. Because what we have this meeting for is to get to get to the agenda. Things can be fluid, and I get that. But you want to get to a result because the person like Kevin that needs to get to that, the end of that spreadsheet by the end of the meeting, and you know, you Donnie are like, well, oh god, we could do this, we could do that. It's up to Kevin to say, okay, that's great, but that's not what this meeting's for. Let's totally write this down. Get well, in the notes. Kevin can be just as bad. The funny side about it is when I geek out, he geeks out. So okay, what so you, happens you, is, is, is we'll both spiral the fuck out of control. <laughs> it's a yeah, literally yes, yes, yesterday <laughs> in uh, the meeting, Donnie was like, stop talking about that. We need to get this done. <laughs> I actually called the meeting back. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you, you're realizing is that, that, that it's all about, it starts with self-awareness. It starts with self-awareness and it can be fun because you guys know you're bouncing off each other. You're getting, getting some good ideas, but out of practice and it has to happen for it to get better. Right. Just like you right. teach everybody else, Donnie, it's like you have to fail to get to get to the next step and it's not failing. It's just, OK, that's great. But just not right now. Let, let's get back to where we need to be for this, because even though you're enjoying the meeting and you're having some great energy, the, the meeting's going to be over and you're going to go. Oh, we still don't have the KPIs that we were looking for. for sure. Let's meet again. And we all could do with less meetings. So the, the flip side, the flip side of that question is, mm -hmm. you know, if as we are growing our team and we're now much more dispersed across the country and people are, are doing their things and running yeah. their territories and, and their their cohorts of champions table and all that stuff mm -hmm. how do we maintain a culture where innovation is um, is rewarded and that people can go out and try things in their territories and not be afraid of it failing and that we that so we can keep that going because at some point it shouldn't be just us coming up with the really cool ideas and we want to make sure that we're getting ideas from all the badasses we bring on the team so how do we keep how do we keep that culture alive yeah so is that part of the agenda for the meetings that you have with your territory leaders so um some people are more are less creative than others Right. So you can say we're going to have a moment where you send those ideas for the meetings ahead of time. So what happens is I even when I meet with you guys, like uh, I'll have something written down, but then I'll have an idea that I want to talk to you about. I'm like, stick to one thing, Kim, stick to one thing. So you can tell these territory leaders um, we're going to have this meeting, but we also want to leave an opportunity for creativity because it can't just be for us. We need to, we need to hear from you guys to so have a little bit of a requirement. To, to send them before the meeting or remind them, send a calendar reminder, send ideas for the meeting for, I don't know, how to innovate or whatever the case may be. Nothing. Ooh, forced nothing. innovation. Love I that. Love it. Yeah. Love it. You will innovate this month. 
but just oh. tell them it's a brainstorm. It doesn't matter how silly or maybe not so silly it is. Just just send it in. Let's let's throw it out on the table and see how it goes. But when they forget and they're in the meeting and they're like, oh, I should have brought that. It's just going to be forced um, obligatory words. It, it, it's really not going to matter. And it helps them organize. No. You said a statement somewhere on LinkedIn. I agree with this statement, but I want you to speak to it a little bit. It okay. says, you said you were not a leader until you produce another leader who can produce another leader. Talk to me yes. about that. Okay. So it, it has to be what I've seen in my own profession and I've seen with my clients. It's not so much producing, but opening your mind to my team. How can I help them grow at all times, at all times? And it can be tactical stuff. That's the easier part. The people part is, what are you doing for them to help them grow? So they might not be a leader in your organization, but you're growing them and helping them make decisions and be empathetic to everybody else and, and understand what it takes to lead a team or yourself. So that if they do decide to go somewhere else, that they have those skills with them. So, so as a leader, you should be showing, you should be giving someone the opportunity to take your job at any given time. And that's really scary for a lot of no, and, and, I, and I love that. I'm going to add on to my question. So we tend to get people who have some natural talents towards leadership. I think okay. leaders are created, right? But there are some things mm -hmm. in the DNA that make people better leaders than others. Um, how do you take people who are of achiever kind of mindset and are already doing badass things and get them to be a leader in your culture because they're going to okay. have their own achievement styles. They're going to have their own leadership styles and the likes. How does that fit into your overall culture? How do you get them on the same page? Cause we tend to get some really strong personalities. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, and for me, I'm like, fucking just do it this way, which I know is not the proper way of doing it. Um, but that's yeah. where my head always goes. So my question to someone would be, and to you would be, are you looking at, the achieving of the tactical piece of their job that they're really good at what they do they're getting they're good at getting people motivated to get the production done or are they good because they're the person that makes the people want to go to work on monday because they're good to be with they like working with them i said this and i got two clients from a seminar i said look people can love what they do people go to school forever to be a doctor let's say if they go to work and they can't stand the person they work for or whom they work with, they will look for a job any any given day. But if they love who they work with, and nothing wrong with digging ditches, but they will dig ditches and not necessarily love what they do, but they'll go to work because they like who they are with. So when I, I'm going to kind of, I don't like to ask questions with questions, but I like to kind of dig a little bit deeper. Where are you looking at those leadership skills? Is it a lot of people are very good at production. That doesn't mean they're good at people. And sometimes they're good at both. And that's where you I have think to it's really case dig. by case. Because yeah, Absolutely. Some, some people are, because of their presence, people want to be around them. Others are yes. more technical in nature. So they're good at mm -hmm. what they do. Now, it doesn't always translate over to our world because sometimes people right. show you the good side. Um, until shit hits a fan and then you see me who they really are. Um, so well, I gotta I, be honest. I mean, there are different personality communication styles that I work right. with and I kind of, I, I dig into that, but you know, there are some people that are naturally like, can you just give me what I need to do? 
Give me all the details that I need to do, Kevin. Um, and let me just leave me alone and let me go get it done for you. But you have to give me the space to ask the questions. And he might be really good at what he does, but he doesn't want to lead people. And that's okay because you might think he's a good leader. I don't pick on Kevin for a second. But Kevin doesn't oh, I do all the time. want to be, he doesn't want to lead people. I can't tell you how many times in HR, they, people would come up to me and said, they're really, really good. They've been here forever and they're great what they do. And we need to put them in a management role. I'm like, no, I don't think that's a good place to go. And this is why, because the people part will ruin it all. And then it will ruin the job for the person that you just promoted. Cause what are you going to do? Demote them back to a job that they were doing before that they loved you know, because they saw the money. So there are so many facets in there. So that's where I'm, I'm just, I kind of pull back and say, what is the leadership skill you're looking for? Is it to, to get a good team going? Is it to make people feel special to a degree? Is it making people want to come to work because they like the people they work with or can be skilled enough to handle the issues that come across with the people that they work with? And that's, yeah, that's hard too. That's that people that you work with is a key thing. Uh, mm -hmm. When I was doing the sales consulting and going in and work rehabbing sales programs, uh, and I follow the stats on why salespeople would leave companies, and I had to keep reminding my clients that one, your salespeople, even though they just started working for you, they are still in the job search world and they are yes. still looking because the number one reason people leave a company as a salesperson isn't the pay, it's that they don't like their manager and they That's can't right. work with their manager and they don't feel that they're giving what they need to be successful. So they'll go somewhere else for a better manager uh, right. and even taking a little pay cut. So that, that, that people thing is huge. It is. And I mean, even in the sales piece is, is even more prevalent and it's, it's, it, it glows a little bit brighter. And the reason why I say that is in sales, you can, you can, the harder you work, the more money you make, you know, in some positions you're going to make, let's just use a thousand dollars a week, regardless of how many hours you put in your salary, that's what you're going to get. And that's where it really comes into play. But with sales, it's like I can make my, I, I have some control over my income and I'm still leaving. And that's where I go, red flag, let's figure this out. The next step is talking to the managers and getting some accountability there. And that's where the rubber meets the road. It's where well, the rubber meets the road. And, and you said something on another post that, you know, I felt like you'd shoved a knife right in my gut, but it was something along the lines of if you encourage feedback and get none, there's a trust issue, yes. right? Because I'm often, I try and tell people as often as possible, give me feedback, tell me how I can do better. Some people, they'll give it to me readily, but I think on mass, people don't want to approach me to give me that feedback. You're scary. Is, well, <laughs> to some people, to, to some people. Not to placate you here with this, but you have, you're also dealing with other people's insecurities of maybe they're For a people sure. pleaser. For and they're like, Donnie, I know you're probably really busy. You're like, really? Because do, do you know my schedule? Right? So when people say, I, I'm sure you're busy, that's when I know I'm dealing with someone that is a people pleaser. Because I'll that's say, you don't know. That's a great insight. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's you a great insight that I hadn't thought about. Yeah. And so you kind of have to turn it a little bit around where... Either they don't trust you enough because they don't know you enough. Um, you're a bigger personality than them, and they don't know how to lean into that. Wait, um, I'm a big personality? No. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, <laughs> if I had to say. A little bit. Um, <laughs> but it's not always you. So that the trust is, it, do they not trust you enough because they're, they don't trust themselves enough to be able well, to I, be honest with someone? Having interacted with a few other founders of of big organizations, I think part of it is it's still on the 
the member or the people as well. Because I think a lot of times they look at the founder of an organization and think that they had some giant master plan and that mm. things are going yeah. a certain way. And it's right. because they want it a certain way. So they don't want to be that person who comes up and tells the founder that, oh, you're doing this is wrong and this isn't working. Right. So I would I would encourage that person that would say this is wrong. Be like, you know, maybe maybe you could suggest something if you're really that insecure. But I still feel like the weight is really on the shoulders of that leader. You can say all the time that you have an open door policy, but no one comes in. And I'm just I'm dealing with this with a client right now. They, they don't trust yet. So you need to go out there and say, hey, listen, you guys good? You good? You good? You good? It's not their personality to do that. So they have just as much learning and, and fixing over years of it being that way. You, you're, you're running from the dragon when that happens and you need to give it time. You need to give it time. But yeah, you have to keep I, encouraging and be sincere because people know. Uh, that I 100% agree with. I, I think sometimes the frustration for me comes from is you want to be around achievers. I want to be around achievers, right? So I want to be around people that are innovating, coming in with their own ideas. I don't always want to be the idea guy. Kevin doesn't always want to be the idea guy, right? So, so when you see natural talent inside of people and they're not utilizing it, you know, it's like, all right, dude get off your ass. Let's do this. You've got it. Why aren't you going? Mm -hmm. When you got to come back and pick them up, there's a huge frustration in why aren't they stepping up in the first place? And is that yeah. feedback fear? I mean, I, I know we're dealing with insecurities on top of that. But you're also dealing with your own impatience with that because you're asking someone to do something. I'm not impatient, Kim. Not, well, I mean, let's <laughs> pretend you are. Oh, That's the biggest lie I've ever heard on this show. You've got to keep encouraging people because it's... It, I, I can be a certain way with my family. And when I'm not that way, they're like, did you have a glass of wine, Mom? You know, like, oh. <laughs> you get slammed when you're trying to do the right thing. I'm like, no, but but... They have a right to feel that way because that's what I was perceived as for so long. I was the person right. that got things done. Just don't ask questions. And so it, it really does come down to it's a two-way street. Typically, the leader needs to pave the road first. And you have to be patient. You have, you have to have a ton of patience with people because they don't know. And you have to give them what they need per their personality. And the only way to do that is to get to know every single person that work for you and that need to produce for you that you have to answer for. And people say, I don't, I don't have the time for that. And my question to them is if it was a matter of life and death, would you do it? And they said, well, yeah. I go, so you're not making the time, but you need to, you can't afford not to do that with your team. You got to do it. You're going to lose people. I selfishly didn't want to recruit people that left that shouldn't have left. It used to frustrate me. It was driving crazy. It's a lot of work. For no, it's think, unnecessary. I think you, uh, another key step to getting feedback from either members of an organization or employees is giving them multiple ways to give that feedback. Yeah. Some people are going to be completely fine walking into your office and saying, Donnie, this is fucked up. Other people would never in their world, in their life, imagine doing that. Right. Right. You know, but giving them Slackers. an opportunity, giving them an opportunity to do feedback through uh, you know, and this Anonymity. is and an, an anonymous uh, survey yeah. for, uh, you know, for our group leadership teams. Hey, 
members, we'd love to hear what your feedback on your leadership teams are. Here's some questions and not making them give us a name. And but so a lot of people might Trump say, I want to know who it is. And it's like, why does it matter? Yeah. You, you want to know who it is because you're because probably going to be like, oh, it's Kim again. Right. Yeah. So when I used to get the, the three principles in the company that I worked for, I would be like, it's got to be anonymous. And they're like, nope, nope. And I'm like, you're never going to get the feedback because they don't trust. It, it stinks to hear that, but that's the case. So when they did, I would always say, this isn't a forum for complaint. It's just an opportunity for you to suggest better things, um, things that haven't been working, things that have been working. But if you were to talk to that person face to face, how would you say it and write it that way to keep them from getting behind a keyboard? People get very brave if they know. One of the, sorry. That, that just I don't know. Me. That's okay. But anonymity works, but you can phase that out as trust builds. That just made me think of something we do did in the military. Uh, when we after any training exercise or event, we always do after action reviews. So you know what was supposed to happen, what actually happened, and then you know talk about what went well and what didn't go well. One of the rules for the what didn't go well was you couldn't just bitch and moan. You had to say, well, this didn't work. Here's what we could have done better. Here's how we could have fixed right. that. So they yeah. had to come with a solution for how to fix that issue. Uh, and this was for, you know, this is for 17, 18 year old kids that had to now think about, all right, so how would I have done it better to make them start thinking about it in a leadership yeah. role? Yeah. Uh, and I think that really is a key thing to keep it from, you know, those open forum conversations from delving into a, a bitch session where people are just complaining and everyone's feeding off of their negativity mm -hmm. now it just becomes this really horrible event. And, and I say ahead of time, I'll say, you know, anything that's, you know, off the cuff, unprofessional, it's not going to be considered because you need to take, it's your responsibility as well to think about what you want to say and have it be received well. Mm. You can still say the same thing. People go, right, yep. right. It's like, because you're already thinking you just want to tell them they're jerks and you don't know how to do that. So that's not what we want to do. We want to get to a, a, a at the end, we want to get results. What results see, would Donnie, you like to see? You're not supposed to call me names. I'm sorry, asshole. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm pretty sure Kim's taking notes of all the things she's going to coach me on later. So uh, uh, too fun, too fun. You know, my, my last question, this is kind of a funny one um, as we get ready to wrap this up, is there's, is there's a guy like Gary Vee, okay? Yes. Gary Vee, I think on a real level, it's probably an ass. Um, I think, oh, I bet he's okay. probably tough to work for because he's such a high demand of himself. And oftentimes those guys can be very difficult to be around if you're not a high demand of yourself type person. Mm -hmm. So how, because like a lot of his content right now is be nice, be nice, be nice. You know, corporate should be nice. And I just don't believe that he's always that nice of a guy. Right. Maybe. So my question is is if you're of that kind of more driven mindset and i think i'm a pretty nice dude um you know how do you stay nice when you're making demands yourself and you really need everybody around you to run at least 75 percent of the speed that i'm running at that's an easy question to answer expectation 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 make sure that Tell they expect so it's if you are so i'm sure I, I don't know well actually i don't know um but i'm willing that they do a lot of intentional hiring for those types of personalities whether it's the person that's you know coding in the back 
or the marketing person in the front that's fake, you know, client facing, whatever the case may be, they hire very intentionally. And that's another thing I work with my clients where you, you need to hire very intentionally. It's not just a warm body. You, you'll lose so much money. So when you work with folks and your, your, your intensity is up here and you want people, you want to hire people that can work at that level, you hire very intentionally or you, or the people that you're already around, you let them know that. But you also have to be, if you're, they're already there, you need to be open to the way they communicate as well. And if they're not on board with your organization, with the way you want to achieve things, then they can make a decision to stay or leave, but they have to perform at the, at the level of which you expect them to. And you always make, there shouldn't be any surprises. And having that conversation, so people, they slack, there's performance evaluations that aren't being done, or you run a team and you're just like, oh, that's just Donnie, you know? It might be just Donnie, but you have to make sure that, you know, he also levels out with the rest of the team as well. Again, it's a two-way street. Love that. Love that. There's no leveling out with me, though. It's just, you get what we'll you We'll work get. on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kevin, any last thing, thoughts for you? No, and I think it's not necessarily leveling out for you it's just you keep leveling up oh i agree with that and and um i'm i'm constantly self-aware enough to know that i have to to remember who i'm talking to um and meet yeah. them on their level some true but as long as you let them know who you are what you are what you do i mean i'm i'm working with you because i expect i'm expecting certain things i had to make that decision because of the expectation and I'm okay with that. So there's, there are no, there are the only surprises are things that are going to be beneficial, beneficial to me. So, um, it's just, it's, there's no easy cookie cutter way to do it, but you have to put yourself in, you have to lean into that conversation. And Kevin, you, you might just have to be a little nice when asking some questions about <laughs> things that Kim did wrong and not make her cry. Well, and I, I'll, I'll never make you cry. My goal is to make Donnie I don't cry. Know about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I but no, it's the. Hey, if you want to make me cry, just give me to tell a story about my wife, and it's over. I right? know. That's so sweet. <laughs> the, the you know for Donnie, the one of the expectations for the people on the team is that they continually be working on themselves and trying to level up to keep up with him. Yes. Um, but you know that was a big. Uh, issued for us in general because you know people don't work on themselves the same so you know we had to have that discussion about what does kevin working on himself actually look like that's and how and how that is different from how donnie works on himself uh because we were both really frustrated I, with each and, other and in all seriousness kim it literally took elizabeth going dude you can't expect him to do things the way you do. You're literally trying to tell him how to live at this point. The micromanaging piece to getting to, you know, right. So like anything else, you don't want to be around people that do what you do, unless you need more people that do what you do. You, you guys sure. are a great balance, but it also comes with frustration. And that's the hard part. People are just like, ah, and they get mad and then they hold grudges. And but see, the beautiful part is that you, you do know that. You, you do realize that. And yes, there's going to be frustration. But it's up to you to either work through it and move forward or or bail. And uh, All right, fuck it. Two talents on, on, <laughs> but, you know, the two talents on, on polar opposites is, is what actually makes something very, very productive. Yeah, agreed. It's counterintuitive agreed. to a lot of people. 
So, Ken, this was awesome. I knew it would be a fun conversation. Uh, love hanging out with you. Love having you around. How do people find you and get in touch with you? You can go on my website at culturalapexcoach.com and click on Let's Chat, or you can email me at kim at culturalapex.com. Awesome. If you guys are working on culture communication, Kim is your gal. She's one of the badasses inside the Success Champion family of companies. So thank you again for being on here, girl. Really, You're really almost appreciate welcome. You. My pleasure. All right. That was a lot of fun. Kim's just such a cool chick, man. I always enjoy talking to her. Well, and she, it's really cool because she always shows up to all of our stuff and yeah. she brings really good questions and she always wants to dive in and really get to how things should work and what to do. And so it's really fun always to talk to her. So I was excited well, we got to have her on. Yeah. I, to that point, I love the fact that she comes with specific questions she wants to get answered. I think most people show up to either trainings or maybe an AMA or anything and they're just hoping to take a lot of notes. And I think it's such the wrong way to go attend to do something. You should go there with a purpose in play. You should go there and, and you know, try and get a specific answer to a question that you've been trying to, to exactly. figure out. Um, and she does that really, really, really well. Um, guys, make sure you go follow all her stuff. Make sure you dive into her world. And if you are working on communication, you're working on culture, man, reach out to her. She's a beast. Um, if you got anything out of this one, any tips or tricks, do us a favor, please. Make sure you're subscribed. Leave us a five-star review and share this out with any person that you know would find value with this because the more that you share others the more we get to touch the world and help them with all of our messages so as always love you mean it see you bye when i created success champions it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business yeah, they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So like me, they don't often reach out for advice. They don't get support. They just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that, that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com. Go visit one of our peer groups and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as success champions.